Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to Extra Point Taking. Shiel Kapadia here, joined by Ben Solak. It's week five. We just got finished watching the Chicago Bears end a 14-game losing Woo! streak, convincingly dropping 40 on the Washington Commanders, a 40-20 win for the Bears. We'll talk a little bit about that game. Then we'll get to all the good stuff, our predictions, our picks, our props, all that stuff. For week five, Benny Souls, Bears. We got to start with a shout out to Bears fans. I mean, listen, you, you know, if you're a fan, you invest time, money, emotion in the teams you root for, and 14 losses in a row is no joke. Like most, if you're if you're a fan of one of the other 31 teams, chances are you will never experience that in your lifetime watching your team lose 14 games in a row. So uh shout out to Bears fans. You've been, you know, everyone's making fun of you, you've been a laughing stock. All season long, uh, you get a night. You get a nice Thursday night where your quarterback plays well, where the wide receiver you traded for uh, goes off, where you hang on for a twenty-point win. Yeah, I thought the say about the Bears. Yeah, I thought the the DJ Moore going off is the big thing, right? That's what you thought it was going Mm -hmm. to look like. Remember that, like AJ Brown had a three touchdown game against the Steelers last season for the Eagles. You had that game, and you were like, "Oh, dang!" Like. That's why they got the guy. This was the one for the Bears, which they're 0-4. It's week five. You know, been maybe nice to get a little, a little sooner, but you beggars can't be choosers a little bit. This is the game where you're like, okay, if he can look like that most of the time and the quarterback can look like this throwing it to him, Prime Vision put up the stats where Justin Fields right now is a perfect passer rating when he targets DJ Moore, uh, then like maybe we have something salvageable here on offense. Seeing that DJ Moore performance was, was I thought, really, really big for the Bears. Win or lose, 40 points, 20 points. Just seeing him play like that, that much passion, hyped up, ready to make big plays, that was cool. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Not that there would be like a fluky two hundred thirty yard game, but that was like a legit two. I mean, he was making plays uh, left and right, yards after the catch, leaving those DBs uh, in the dust for Washington. Emmanuel Forbes got benched there in the second half. Bears four hundred fifty one yards of offense, eighteen first downs, 
Uh, they've come out prepared and jumped on their opponent two weeks in a row. I think you, you got to credit some coaching uh, for that. At least they blew it last week against the Broncos. They don't blow it this week, uh, but they've been competitive two weeks in a row. And I know that's a low bar, but man, after three weeks of the season, this did not, not look like it was going to be a competitive team. This looked like it was going to be the worst or one of the worst teams in the NFL. So they get a W this week. Um, they lose by a field goal last week. And now if you're a Bears fan, you can say, all right, you're giving me some reason uh, to keep watching this football team. So uh, nice job by them. And then, so, I mean, what do you say if you're a Commanders fan? I mean, that's that's embarrassing. Like, like to come out the way you did on national TV at home against, again, an opponent that hasn't won in their last 14 games and you get outscored 27-3 in the first half. I mean, they were just sleepwalking through that first half. So uh, that defense has a lot of issues. You know, it seems like the Commanders, one year the defense is good, the next year the defense is bad. They've had that thing going on for the last three years. And you would think with that defensive line, this would be a game where they would be able to, you know, put pressure on fields, create some turnovers. They didn't do any of that. So, uh, I mean, just an embarrassing loss uh, for the Commanders. I uh, So I was on Bears plus six in this game. This felt like you know, you play a super tight uh, uh, game against your division rival, right? And, it, and it's it's on the road and it's emotional and it, you have a tough loss and then it's a quick turnaround to a, a really bad team. That's just a classic letdown spot. Um, I thought it would be a little more rough and tumble, a little low scoring and defensive turnovers. Didn't have the Bears jumping out to a 17 to nothing point lead. I'll tell you that. Would, would, would have bet the game a little differently. Um, but this, like... This felt like a letdown spot for a commander's team that like I think has overperformed in the first four weeks of the season. And I think has to come a little bit back down to 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 zero, a little bit back down to uh as expectation. Howell is a guy who like Howell gets treated well, I think, in in the highlight uh a community and in, in the in the in the quick stack community. You know, look at this crazy throw, look at this tough throw community. He's got like that Baker Mayfield to him. But snap to snap, this is a tough guy to trust, man. I it just he he, he makes three bad plays for every good one. And, and you gotta you gotta be able to like string together some real explosives, like actually put points on the board. You saw in like the second half of that Broncos game five weeks into the season. I, I, I like, I feel like there's been a lot of like, okay, Desmond Ritter's clearly on it for the Falcons, right? There's been very little of that for like Howell for the commanders. I struggle to get my head around a long-term starting look for Sam Howell here. No, I, I think Howell has, I mean, that comparison specifically, I think he's shown like 20 times more than a, he, no, he's, uh, he's, sh- he's shown yeah. more than Ritter for sure. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm watching Howell. And going like, all right, we're build, we're building with something here. Like he's got some like Fitz magic to him, but other than yeah. that, like, like I said, he's a lot of negative plays right now in Sam Howell's game. I like him because he's entertaining, and you know I'm team content, and he doesn't bore me when I watch him play football, and he goes for it. Uh, funniest moment for me, and then we can get to the games this weekend was when the guy just puts his body on the line for that scramble where he is just getting pinballed. You can tell he probably needs oxygen after the play. I don't know how he gets up. And, you know, they're, what, two yards short of the fourth down marker, I think down by two touchdowns. And Ron Rivera's like, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go kick them. I mean, if you're Sam Howell, you're like, couldn't you have told me you could kick the field goal before that? Like, I would right, not I have just done the extra yards. <laughs> what I just did and nearly got decapitated by this uh, Bears defense. So uh, there you go. Commanders are two and three. Bears are one and four on the season. Uh, relatively energetic. No, I, I don't know. What was it the most entertaining game? And ended up being a blowout. It, it had first half juice. was entertaining. Uh, Thursday yeah, night football some had some juice. There were things happening that I wanted to watch. Points were being scored. I Players were making that. plays. That's my bar for Thursday night football. We cleared it. I agree with that. All right, let's look ahead to Sunday and Monday and the matchups in the NFL in Week Five. Here, as always, we start with what is your headliner 
Benjamin Solak for week five? What do you got? Can't be anything but uh, uh, Cowboys Niners, man, can it? Yeah. I mean, holy smokes, no what doubt. a time. Exciting stuff. Uh, this game right now, uh, this is the Sunday night football game. Niners are favored by a field goal at home. It's pretty much saying right, these teams are about even, uh, and the Niners get the home field advantage here. Uh, big thing to watch for for me in this game uh, is, is when the Niners are holding the football. This Niners offense is, at this point, just kind of shredding, right? I mean, they've scored at least 30 points in every single game. Uh, they are moving the ball at will on anybody uh, and, and doing it in a variety of ways. Brandon Ayuk right now has 17 catches. 17 of them have gone for a first down or a touchdown. We like that. <laughs> wow. Right. Brent Christian McCaffrey's coming off of a four-touchdown game. Uh, Bro- uh, Brock Purdy's coming off of a one-incompletion game. You don't even, like, really hear people talking about this. They're kind of like, yeah, the Niners are just doing what they do. You know, like, it's... it's They are... are uh, like the, the Dolphins 70 point game, the Bills against the Dolphins, like there have been some peak offensive performances that have been more impressive than the Niners. But week over week, this is the best offense. There's two things to watch for when they play the Cowboys. The first that this is a Dan Quinn defense. Uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's very intimately familiar with Dan Quinn. Remember, they, they coached together for uh, quite a while there in Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan's very, very good at beating a Dan Quinn defense, historically very successful against this coaching tree, this style of defense and, and against Dan Quinn. Uh, in particular, I like this stat a lot. Aaron Schatz had it uh, previously a football outsiders now of FTN. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are currently number one in defensive DVOA versus passes to the left and passes to the right. But if we know the Kyle Shanahan offense, it wants to throw passes over the middle, right? They are number 27 versus passes up the middle in DVOA. So obviously, a lot of that number comes with Tr- Trayvon Diggs playing ball and having him on the outside. They have the Diggs injuries. So they're probably going to be a little bit more susceptible on the outside. But you can attack these linebackers, you can attack these safeties because the Dan Quinn defense asks those guys to play really fast, fill in their gaps, and then you hit play them with play action and throw over the middle of the field. It's a very familiar formula for Kyle Shanahan. I, I think this, this Cowboys defense has to be able to get at least enough stops to keep the offense in place because there's a way that, that the offense plays a great game, but the Niners just boat race them. The Niners just have so much gas offensively that it, it really isn't even as close as it feels. The defense can't buy a stop. So Dan Quinn's unit, that's the one I'm watching for this game. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point with the 49ers offense, I, I didn't watch that game uh, live last week on Sunday. That was one where I get caught up on Monday before we record, extra point taken. And I look at the box score, and it, you know, it was probably around noon Eastern time, and I had no idea Brock Purdy had gone 20 for 21 in that game. Yeah. I'm like, how do I not know this at noon on a Monday after watching football all day Sunday that he went 20 for 21 in that football game. So you're right. I mean, they've had nine regular season games with Brock Purdy and they've scored uh, at least 30 in eight of them, eight out of nine regular season games. And so they are just clicking. They are the offense this year that you say, man, this looks pretty easy for them uh, week in and week out here. Now I will say that playoff game last year, that was a 19, 12 game, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, now the 49ers did, did settle for some field goals uh, in that game. I think they put up a decent number of yards uh, in that game. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys held them to under 20 points, which is, as I just said, very hard to do. So yeah, that's going to be fun to me, like zooming out even further away from the matchup. is just this game means more to the Cowboys, in my opinion, than the 49ers. If the 49ers lose this game, I'm going to be like, all right. No big deal. They lost a the game. They were undefeated. They're, they've won how many in a row? What are they at? Like 13 or 14 in a row regular season? I mean, Brock season. hasn't lost a start, right? It's, uh, so if you're, if you're, if, yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking about uh, getting rid of that Eagles NFC Championship loss game, I mean, it's got to be like thir- 13 out at this point. 
Yeah, in the uh, in the regular season. So if they lose this, uh, I'm not going. I, I would not panic. If if I were a Niners fan, obviously you want to win it. You want to stack those wins and get home field advantage. To me, it's more about the Cowboys. I mean, they lose to the 49ers two years in a row in the playoffs. This offseason, Mike McCarthy makes the move. Uh, you know, parts ways with Kellen Moore takes over the offense. He has the keys with Brian Schottenheimer by his side. Listen, through four weeks, it's worked out well for the Cowboys. They had the one slip up against the Cardinals. Other than that, they've looked like one of the most dominant teams in the NFL. Their other three games, they've outscored their opponents 108 to 13 in their three other games. I mean, legit Super Bowl contender uh, type stuff here. But now you're facing the big boys. You're facing the competition. You're facing the the team that kind of made you rethink what you want to do because they knocked you out of the playoffs and prevented you from getting to the championship round uh, for what, 27 years in a row. Uh, now the Cowboys haven't gotten past the divisional round. And so this was like the game, the team that made you rethink, do we need to do something to get us over that hump? And so to me, uh, it means a, a little bit more or maybe a lot more for the Cowboys than it does the 49ers. It does. And and I think that you always like it's always good news when you come into a game being like this is a really important game for us because you expect a very spirited effort. It's also a little bit bad news. Like you're the Cowboys. They stop acting like a week five game is your Super Bowl, right? Now then again, I imagine when we get that Niners Eagles game, I think it's like late November, early December, the Niners are gonna start acting like that's their Super Bowl because we know the Niners are all fired up about that loss to the Eagles. And that's why you have this really tight group at the top of the NFC and there starts to be some bad blood. So it's cool because the spirited effort. It's also like, okay, like uh, you're kind of doing a little bit of like a little brother, big brother thing where like little brother really wants to beat big brother and big brother doesn't really care. Like big brother's kind of moving on to different stuff. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't like that the Cowboys kind of have that that short of a vision. Um, I agree with you. This has been a uh, uh, really impressive Cowboys team. I'm also just really interested to see, like I, this Niners defense is very clearly good. Like, there's no question that they're good. They faced the, the Kenny Pickett Steelers, gave up seven points. The Daniel Jones, New York Giants gave up 12 points. And then the Josh Dobbs Cardinals gave up 16 points. Now, the Cardinals, I, I think, are a little bit. Cardinals little bit moved the football. Yeah. Too. I mean, Cardinals moved the football on them like very consistently yeah. last week. That was a 21-16 game in the third quarter. And a big reason for that was, yeah, the 49ers did, definitely did not dominate that game defensively. Yeah, and then uh, uh, the Rams, who lose 30-23. to Sean McVay kicks the field goal at the end of the game to cover the spread. King. Um, but that's a game in which Matthew Stafford uh, goes 34 for 55, 307 yards. Right now they have they have picks on him, right? And it's a high volume game, but they were able to move the football. Um, uh, the Niners defense is definitely, certainly 100% unquestionably good. I'm not questioning that they whether or not they're good. I am a little bit curious to see them get uh, tested by what I think is, is the best offense they've faced so far this season and comfortably the best offense they've faced. Um, like I said, I, I, I they're going to generate turnovers. They're going to get stops. Like I have a lot more faith in them to do that than the Cowboys defense the other side of the ball. But it, it will be curious to just get this metal tested a little bit for them. Um, this this uh, 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 this front is where they they dominate, and the Cowboys' offensive line has actually played, I think, really really well to start the season when they've had some shuffling at tackle spots, kicked Tyler Smith inside, and they, they've held their water. So trenches big matchup when the Cowboys have the ball. Yeah, that that side of the ball is. Like, this is how McCarthy will be judged on Sunday night, Monday morning. Like you said, it's week five. Like, but I don't like to tell people to settle down because that's why we love the NFL, because we could have these conversations every week and overreact and uh, go nuts to what just happened that week. But I mean, let's be honest, that Cowboys offense in last year's playoff, they scored one touchdown on 10 possessions. Like I said, it didn't take 30 points 
to win that game. They needed 20 points to win that game and get past the 49ers. Uh, they couldn't do it. You know, that 49ers defense really got uh, the better of them. And, you know, McCarthy made his comments in the offseason about the approach and all that. I mean, who knows how much of that uh, is actually in practice when we get more a uh, bigger sample here this season. But to me, Mike McCarthy running the Cowboys offense against this 49ers defense, like you said, is a good defense. I don't know that it's like a juggernaut defense that, you know, you shouldn't have a chance against. I mean, if you're a Cowboys offense and you believe you're a top five offense, this is a game where I think you should be able to uh, move the football and put some points up. I mean, they listen, they faced the Jets in uh, what was that week two? I mean, the Jets statistically might not have a great defense, but are still a very talented, a very good yeah. defense. And they played well uh, against the Jets. So, uh, you know, the Patriots, again, that was, uh, I know they lost people uh, in that game, but like you should be able to move the football against this Niners, uh, Niners defense. If Worth you are remarking. You think you are. Yeah, I just checked the, uh, the, the, the injury news. Left tackle Tyron Smith and center Tyler Biotish both expected to go for this game, which means that the Cowboys would have their starting offensive line all five for the first time this season, up against the Niners. Could have come at a better time, buddy. <laughs> Full yeah. strength now. We, and like I said, like that unit, I think, has been really impressive working around their injuries, the, hiding Chuma Doga as best they can and shuffling along the inside. Now it's like, all right, this is the, the group that you intended to come into the season with. Be nice to see them win against this Niners front. That number is three and a half, by the way. I was about to ask you what your, what your pick is for this game. It's, yeah, it's, it's three and a half, not three. Uh, 49ers favored by three and a half on... I said, on, I said... Oh, I said like a field goal. I said like... I thought you said a field yeah, goal. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. big, Ben. Three and the three hunt? and a half in our world. Come on. Yeah. That's like a whole, whole different world. Uh, I picked the Niners um, in this game. I'm basically like, un until I see their offense get slowed down, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go with them. They're at home. They've been very good at home uh, against the spread. Uh, over the last stretch here. So I've got the Niners. Who do you, it's it's not one of my picks that'll come at the end. I don't know if it's one of yours. Otherwise, uh, w what side would it, you it lean is, towards? It is not one of mine, and I, le I lean okay. Niners. Um, okay. This is a game it's that It's a tough I, one. This is a game that, like, usually when I approach a slate, I, like, look through the games. I see where I have an early lean. I'll look through some numbers, and then I'll, like, pick some games to go after. I spent a long time prepping this, this Cowboys-Niners game to come away with a side, and then I was just like, I, I got nothing. Like, they're just, they're, they're yeah. two very... Very good teams. Uh, I'll certainly have some action on this game since Sunday Night Football. I just am gonna, um, but I, I don't think I'm gonna have a lot of action on the uh, on the spread itself because it's a uh, it's a tough matchup. Uh, looking ahead, the Niners are plus two forty to come out of the NFC. They're the favorites right now. Eagles are at plus three hundred, and the Cowboys are third at plus four fifty to come out of the NFC. Uh, last thing I'll say: another reason it's a big game for the Cowboys is because. You're, you're two games back of the Eagles, potentially. If the Eagles win this week and you lose yep. this week, you're two games back, which is not insurmountable. You still play them twice, but that NFC East is a spot where one team could win the division and be the one or two seed, and the other team would be a wild card all the way down to the five seed. I mean, it's a totally different world uh, for those two spots once you get into the postseason. All right, let's get to the Monday morning storyline. We've said in the past, this could also be a Tuesday morning storyline if you mm. want this is just a hey what's something people are going to be talking about uh as they digest what happened in week five in the nfl what do you got uh i've got the rookie quarterbacks winning the afc south as my oh monday my morning goodness headline. Did you, you, we, we did it 
which rookie QB is winning the AFC Let's South? Let's go! This is, this Sin is rain. pathetic. Talk too much. I mean, this is terrible. Yeah, this is what's it called? Hive mind? Yes. Uh, group thing? Come on, this is terrible. That is mind also. This hasn't the, happened before. The the powers that be at the ringer are going to hear this pod and be like, shoot, we got to do it. We got to get Ben on with Nora. We got to get Sheila on with Steven. We got to switch these guys up. They're getting too similar. We've had we've oh had overlaps in, in our spread betting now twice, I want to say, and then this. Oh, um, only twice. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, not okay. bad. That I can live with. This is this is you could pick any storyline <laughs> in the entire NFL, Benjamin. Come on, we gotta do better than that. Too All much. Right, All right. So uh, I'll set pitch. the table. You feel free to hop in whenever. <laughs> um, we have right now an NFC South that is entirely two and two, which I find to be hilarious. Not only is the NFC South all two and two. Uh, or excuse me, I'm saying the NFC South. I've said it the whole time. The AFC South, excuse me. AFC, the yeah. AFC South. Uh, not only is the entire AFC South two and two, but the Colts right now have a point differential of minus two. The Jaguars have a point differential of minus two. And the Titans have a point differential of plus two. So <laughs> all of them are 500. Three of the four teams are almost 500 in point differential. The Texans, for those who care, have a point differential of plus 17. They're actually doing a pretty good job. Uh, so they're all two and two. The Colts and the Titans play one another this week. Uh, Colts are at home, slight dogs, home dogs to the Titans, which a line that I like a lot at plus two and a half for the Colts. Uh, the Jaguars are playing the Bills in London on the road, question mark. Yeah. Don't they've been there the whole time? That's weird. Uh, and then you have the, the, the Texans who get the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if I'm picking my vibes off of, of what the records are when we come out of Sunday, I see the Texans and the Colts being three and two. I see the Titans and the Jags being two and three. And after that result, right, we're going to have a positive win margin, rookie quarterbacks, Colts and the Texans. And both teams have more legitimacy than just like, oh, we're a feisty team. Like, they, like the Texans absolutely have legs offensively. Like, I think this, this unit has now worked against different varieties of defenses, talented defenses. They've been successful. And then defensively, they've dealt with injuries. They're, they're not a great run defense. I'm a little bit worried about their matchup with the Falcons. But in general, they fly around. They hit. They're, they're, they're aggressive. They blitz when they get into long and late. Like, this is a D'Amico Ryan's defense. It still needs more tools, but it's got teeth to it. And then the Colts. The Colts kind of, uh, their younger group, their more questionable group is that offensive group where they don't have a lot of tools at the wide receiver position. Anthony Richardson has to make up a lot of stuff. But holy smokes, man, that second half. Uh, Anthony Richardson against the Rams. That had me believing in 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 a higher power, dude. I mean, holy Moses! I I, I shield, bring it in. That second half against the Rams, man, Anthony Richardson was something else. You watch this film? I I feel like I sh accidentally shared my Google Doc with you or oh. something. Like my prep, my extra point taken prep here. I have literally written down here. Richardson completed eleven passes in that game. Yet I came away thinking, all right, I'm in, I'm in on this guy. I mean, that the le a high level of plays that he was able to. I also, you know what? I'll also go a little like, uh, you know, the Bill Simmons round and do the body language. Dot. Like this guy is a competitive dude. Like when he goes to the, you can just see the look on his teammates' faces and the coaches. Like everybody is just like, this is our guy. We're all behind him. And I think like that, this was the type of game that I kind of expected from Richardson coming into the season once we got to November. You know, I was like, he's so inexperienced. Uh, I love the flashes in college. I'm not going to go all in on him because I can't, you know how I'm wired. I can't yeah. go in on a guy with 13 college starts, um, you know, who's 21 years old. That's just not in me to be like, this is the guy. He's going to be awesome. Yet I, I didn't go the other way. I was like, listen, I watched his like top 25 plays from college. And I'm like, I absolutely see the upside. I don't know if he'll ever reach it, but to be at where he is now, 
five weeks into the season and the flash is already happening and to have a second half, like again, the first half was terrible. You could watch the first half and be like, they couldn't move the ball at all. They looked like the worst offense in the NFL. And that's true. But like, that's kind of, this, this is what you expect from a rookie quarterback. So to already see those flashes and it's not the flashes of, oh, he's, you know, running around and wow, he made a great play with his legs. He's like, oh my gosh, like Aaron Donald has him by the throat and he just unleashed one like 20 yards outside the numbers on the money. I mean, these Dude. these are plays that these are like 1% plays that honest, you know, we could make a list of what quarterbacks in the NFL could make those plays and it probably doesn't go beyond five. So yeah, again, then I look at the, I looked at the box and I go, oh, he went 11 for, no, I'm like, that must be wrong. He didn't go 11 for doesn't 25. Matter. All, doesn't 11, matter. all 11 plays were incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah, so I'm, so I'm there glad. with you. I'm so glad we got you to do that instead of me, because with me, it just sounds like typical <laughs> Ben hysteria. But with you, it's like, okay, people trust. Like, she actually has a level head. That film was unbelievable. Uh, in turn, if, if you are a Colts fan, if you are a member of the Colts office of coaching staff, you're walking around being like, we got... It's, it's, it's like, I'm a fisherman. When you hook a big fish, you can tell it's a big fish right away. Like, the second that the hook goes in his mouth, you're like, oh, this is, this is a lunker. That's how I feel watching that Richardson film. I'm like, we got one. Like, we didn't just get a good quarterback. We might have, like, the guy. Yeah. We might have a defining quarterback. We got to figure some stuff out. But the level of talent here, the, what he can do with the NFL level, like he says, rarefied. It is in a, it is in an upper echelon. So, anyway, I feel like maybe the Colts will be the Titans, and they'll be three and two. <laughs> and we'll be excited about the Colts. Uh, the last thing I was going to say is, yeah, defensively, the Colts are, are, are a rounded out unit. I thought this was going to be a, a, a shakier group. They've lost some talent. Kamoko Toure has stepped up. Zaire Franklin has stepped up. Uh, the outside corner, whose name I can never remember, the guy's number's in the 30s. His name, he stepped up. They've got, um, they have pieces that, that, that have really risen to the plate when asked to do so. Gus Bradley is a, is a solid defensive coordinator. Uh, they can rely on that unit to get them through the offenses up and down. So when the offense is clicking, they're, they're, they're a tough team to face. So I like the Colts and I like the Texans. I think the Jags lose to the Bills. And I think we're talking about these rookie quarterbacks to stop the AFC South. I mean, again, I, I don't even really feel like I need to add much. And to me, this is more of like, uh, you know, uh, in my direction, it's this is absolutely not what I expected coming into the season. I'm like, Richardson's going to take time and that roster stinks. I'm like, Stroud doesn't have enough to work with. Uh, that's, you know, the Texans are not going to be good this year. And I am in the process of flipping those opinions. And then I look at the Jaguars. The Jaguars really frustrated me uh, last week, despite beating the Falcons. I mean, that offense is killing me right now. They're 25th in EPA per drive. I thought that was going to be a top five offense. So uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're big underdogs. Colts, Titans, I'm with you there. I like the Colts uh, in that game. And the Texans go to Atlanta as two-point uh, underdogs. But you mentioned their point differential. I mean, you know, they've won their last two games by 44 points. The Houston Texans like that. That might yeah. sound like nothing like that's that, hard to do. Like most teams will not do that this year. Win two games like back to back games by 44 points. And they dropped 30 on the Steelers and it wasn't a stinky 30 at all. Like they, they padded no, it a little was bit legit. late, but it, they were moving the football like and that yeah. Steelers defense is for real, man. That was an eye popping game. And that's with a banged up offensive line. I mean, that's why I was given yeah. uh, your boy Bobby Slowick the, the love on uh, Monday night. Like this is hard to do to like rookie quarterback banged up offensive line against good defense and you're dropping 30 yep. on them like that's it was so uh, funny to watch my attention giant seahawks on monday night and have so many people like oh this daniel jones offensive line is killing them and i was like you should see this texans offensive line and we've thank got a you. first year oc and a rookie quarterback and they're slinging it thank you except my my long mantra of excuse makers versus you know coaches who figure it out because guess what 
That's what the money's for, is to figure it out when the chips are stacked against you, how are you going to get something from your team and give them a chance to win? So that's what I've got. Monday morning, we're talking three and two Colts and Texans, two and three Jaguars and Titans. Is a rookie QB going to win the AFC South? All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll recap where we are in our extra point taken contest, and we'll get to some of our picks for this week. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Later in the show, Sheila and I will go through our locks little preview for you. I have the Chiefs minus three and a half against the Vikings, the Ravens minus four and a half against the Steelers, and the Jets plus two against the Broncos. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. Our boy, Ben Luke, is doing just a phenomenal job with the spreadsheet, keeping track of our competition uh, this season. He's got all kinds of stuff in there, but uh, where do we rank? Where do we stack up here overall through four weeks of the season? Yep, Uh, 3-3 last week. Pretty much standard week for us there. Uh, So I'm at 14, you're at 12. Uh, Tight, tight through four weeks. I like it. I uh, I swept blocks of the week for the second week in a row. Pretty cool. Yes, Fixing over sir. the last two weeks. Do not How take these. That? Don't take these locks of the weeks as strongly. I feel good about two of them. And the third one, I was I was fishing a little bit. Um, I had Vikings uh, minus four against the Panthers. Chargers minus five and a half against the Raiders. I went back to the Chargers well, and they tried to screw me again in the fourth quarter, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I had Cowboys minus six and a half against the Patriots, which. That was one we disagreed on, and it went, it went one direction no, pretty quick. It did not go my way. Yeah. Uh, you won Jaguars minus three against the Falcons and Rams plus one and a half against the Colts. That one also, the Rams tried to pull the oh rug out from gosh. under you late. Uh, you had the Steelers, by the way, minus three against the Texans. That was Oof. a tough one there. Uh, and then you, uh, you are, uh, what is it now, three for four on props of the week, under 71 and a half receiving yards for Travis Kelsey. The Taylor Swift fade Listen. cashed. Huge. The, the the Swifties bumped it up. Uh, you know, just you can't get that analysis uh, anywhere else. As uh, Luke wrote in the spreadsheet, which again we'll share on social media. I think I called that the stupidest bet that any was anyone has made on the podcast so far this season. And so Luke has a little category there that Sheila is one for one on predictions that he claims to be the stupidest bet that anyone has made on the podcast so far this season. So I think I'm going to have to make that a bit. When I pick something that I legitimately hate, uh, I will give it that uh, that distinction yeah. and Luke can keep track of how those are doing. Can I throw something fun at you? Yeah. Uh, James Cook. I took over 57 and a half rushing yards for James Cook against the Dolphins. He didn't even get close. I said maybe take his rushing attempts. He did go over on his rushing attempts if he got it at 11 and a half. He also went over on longest rush and also went over on rushing plus receiving yards. Oh. He went over on everything else you could possibly go over. Not rushing yards, though. He like missed it by 30. Yeah, but your your reasoning was uh, Latavius Murray. What did he rush for, right? I mean, he yeah. had the big run. So your Latavius reasoning was, up. as I was watching that game, I'm like, all right, they're doing kind of ball control here. They're balanced. This is a nice long drive. 
Um, he just, yeah, he just didn't get the he number. He fell off. Anyway, so yeah, 14 to 12. Uh, as you said, Shield, we're trying to get uh, a combined work against the spread over 56%. That's our goal this year. Right now, we're at 63%. Uh, we, had, we had a nice Woo! jump up. Five and one combined uh, on our locks of the week, our picks against the spread last week. And then just as a final reminder, yeah, we, uh, we obviously have our uh, long shots of the week as well that we do every single week. My long shot was Lamar Jackson, bunch of rushing yards, did not come to fruition. Your long shot was Kirk Cousins, a lot of passing yards, did not come to fruition. Uh, shout out Kirk Cousins, 99 yard pick six. Remember, I, I was debating between Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins. I went head over heart and it cost me because Josh Allen went over 300. That would have given me three <laughs> comfortably, points yeah. and the lead. Yeah, so listen, th- this is an all heart uh, yeah. edition of extra point taken for me. Hold on. Don't sell yourself. Your picks again. Your, you, so we each pick three locks every week. So like you were hitting 75% of your locks against the spread so far through yeah. four weeks. Again, it's including all, six and oh, the last game two weeks. selection because in contests where I'm like picking every single game against the spread, I'm below 500. But if I, if oh, I can, if I can select for both of I, us, see if I select yeah. my games, I'm good. Cause I need to, <laughs> I need to prep them. I need a, enough time to do so. And I can't be picking every single game against the spread. I have no idea how you do it. I have such respect for it. This is quite a role reversal. I mean, you so you're 75% in your locks, which are just against the spread. I'm three for four out of props. You're like the prop master. On tw- uh, we have to do something. Like if you beat me, I think you write the picks against the spread <laughs> column, and, and I'll and I'll listen, no, 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 and no, I'll no, tweet. No, you voted I'm props. No content. I ain't doing that article every week. You're the one who signed up for that, buddy. Uh, let's let me finish, okay? In case you know our <laughs> lovely colleagues and editors like this idea, I just want to throw it out there. Ben could write picks against the spread column every week, and I could tweet out things like key to the game is Trevor Lawrence throwing for over 213 yards. That seems fair to me. You know, we exchange those two things. Well, think about it. If you stay hot, just if you stay hot. All right. If we stay hot. <laughs> let's get to the good stuff again. The uh we'll do a prop of the week. We'll do three locks of the week. Those are each worth one point. And then we'll each do a long shot of the week. That has to be plus, what do we say? Plus one. Plus 150 or longer. Plus 150 or longer. That's the money ball. That's worth three points. So you can get seven points in any given week. If you don't get the long shot, you can get a max of four points that week. All right, Benjamin, start us off with your prop. What do you got this week? Uh, Eagles Rams. I have Matthew Stafford over 23 and a half completion. I like this a, mm. quite a lot. You can't get exposure to the Rams passing offense, or excuse me, you can't get exposure to the Rams receiving props right now because we don't have official news on Cooper Cup. And so there's no Puka Nakua lines, no Cooper Cup lines. But Cooper Cup is returning to practice and, he, and he's pushing hard to play. Sean McVay had his little, you know, I'm reading off the prompter that he's limited, but he's not really a limited situation. We'll see if Cooper Cup can play. If he plays, this uh, prop I think is in a great spot. Cooper Cup is a high volume, high catch percentage receiver. He joins Puka Nakua, who is a high volume, high catch percentage receiver. The Eagles have given up in three or four games this year, 29, 31, and 35 completions because their Ooh. secondary and their back seven is, is banged up, is susceptible. And then they're often in positive game script for the Eagles. That's negative game script for the opponent. Quarterbacks can be throwing the football a lot. Uh, the, the one night they didn't was 15 to Baker Mayfield. There was rain and it was also Baker Mayfield. Uh, you're worried about uh, Stafford. He's a very aggressive thrower this year. They're throwing a lot down the field. He doesn't have a high completion percentage. You're worried about that a little bit. You're worried about the offensive line surrendering. But even if we don't have Cup, we're we're in a good position for Stafford to hit this line. He's been over it twice. Uh, uh, the, he was over it twice on it once. And the one time he was under it was when they blew out the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to blow out the Eagles. They're going to be a negative to neutral game script for most of this game, which means they're going to be passing the football. Eagles, top run defense in the league right now. This is going to skew for a pass-heavy game script for the Rams. That's if we don't get cup. If we do get cup, 
I, I think this line is, is pretty dramatically mispriced just because I think you're going to see so many. I think there's a concern that Cup's going to take a lot of targets from Puka. He's going to take some, not too many. I think you're going to see a lot of high percentage throws to the Rams against the Eagles. Over 24, excuse me, over 23 and a half completions. I like quite a bit. That's a great one. I mean, I Thank love you, that one. The, you know, like the like the Eagles defense is having trouble. They've, they've been banged up in the secondary. They're having some miscommunications. James Bradbury's playing the slot. He's not as comfortable there as he is on the outside. The, the stuff you see the Eagles defense having trouble with stacks, bunches. I mean, those these are things that Sean McVay is, is a master at. And so I think mm-hmm. they're going to be able to scheme stuff up there uh, to make plays in the passing game. Anytime a quarterback faces the Eagles, my only worry is like, okay, there's an X percent chance that the Eagles pass rush just kills this guy yeah. and like they, they can't do anything. But that didn't happen last week um, with Sam Howell. And, you know, the, the Rams offensive line is better than Washington's offensive line. Yeah. And my initial look was I was I was looking for passing yards, which is over 269.5. And then as I got into it more, I was like, I think it's going to be a little bit more high percentage throws, a little bit quicker throws. And I leaned on completions. With that said, I don't think Stafford over longest pass uh, 35 and a half is a bad bet at all. Because he's going to find bombs. Like, this is Matthew Stafford and the Rams we're talking about. Like, he's going to chuck it. Uh, So if you're worried about, oh, what if Stafford ends up being like a high, high depth of target guy in this game? He doesn't get up that high. Go for a longest pass. I think it's a good bet as well. I like that one because Pharrell Edmonds was starting at safety for the Eagles. And he, the man is struggling. They do not have speed in the secondary. And too, too out well. He's going up against those safeties. Yeah. So that's a good one. All right. I'm debating between two. I've got one here highlighted i'll get some get, i'll get some input from you see what uh see see if you like one more than the other one is going back to the well now i lost on this one previously over on a Bijan robinson i looked at seven and a half i looked at it long okay yep. okay 77 and a half rushing yards Bijan robinson is just like an amazing player uh, you watch him and you're just like holy cow this guy should probably touch the ball 30 times a game he had 14 for 105 last week uh, against the Jaguars. And that was like a breathtaking 105. He's averaging six yards per carry on the season. You look at that Texans defense that the Falcons are facing. Uh, they've allowed 466 rushing yards, which is 19th, so middle of the pack, but they're 28th in DVOA against the run. Uh, we talked about the Falcons in our show earlier this week. I think if you're Arthur Smith, you're saying we don't need to, you know, put too much on Desmond Ritter's plate, especially early in this game. If we can run the ball and just kind of gash these guys, let's go ahead and do that. So the, the Falcons, like you, you've you mentioned before, they're going to run the ball when they're behind. They're going to run the ball when they're ahead. They're going to run the ball when they're tied. We know they're going to run the ball and score neutral situations, however you want to look at it. So uh, that's one that I have highlighted. Bijan Robinson over 77 and a half. The other one I was looking at was Brees Hall over 60 and a half. Now, Brees Hall just hasn't had the workload that made me comfortable going all in. Now, Robert Sala said this week, hey, there's no pitch count on him. Uh, I don't know if that's an indication that he's going to get the ball more, but the Broncos, I believe, have allowed like 700 rushing yards this season. They had that Dolphins game, obviously, in there. The Broncos defense stinks. Uh, And so if you could guarantee me like, honestly, 10, 11 carries from Brees Hall, I would feel really good about that. But I think because I'm a little unsure that I'm leaning towards Bijan Robinson. What do you yeah. think? I feel stronger on, on the on the Bijan prop than I do on on Brees. Uh, I like both of them. Uh, Jets are, are are a team that I'm 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 invested in that offense for this Sunday, which is not a thing I like saying. But it's wow. the Broncos. It's the Broncos defense. Uh, yeah, there's there's room to be had. Um, but I think Bijan is your is your better bet for volume. 
like I said, I think that Texans defense has a lot uh, to them schematically. They have a lot to them from a hustle perspective. They're also not a very big group. And Bajan can break tackle in the second level, turn on the Jets. And he can get a quarter of that prop on one run. He can get a third of that prop on one run. Uh, and you expect this to yeah, be a high a high volume game, a high a high ground and pound game. The only thing that scares me is is game script, right? We saw the Texans jump onto the Steelers pretty quick. And I agree with you, like Smith will keep running it. But you do worry about how long he's going to be able to do that. Tyler Algier butting into the touches. So it, it wasn't my pick for my prop, but it was on my short list for the prop I was going to give on the show. All right. We'll, we'll go with Bijan. That's my official one. Bijan, sorry. Bijan Robinson over 77 and a half rushing yards. The last one I was kind of looking at here, Solak, Trevor Lawrence over one and a half touchdown passes is plus 106. It's like, to me, I was like, well, if they're getting blown out, like he's got it. I mean, I hate, I don't, their red zone offense, like they haven't looked good. Don't get me wrong in those high leverage situations, but I'm kind of like, if they're getting blown out, he's going to have to throw the ball. If they're winning the game, he's probably going to have to throw the ball. So that one caught my attention uh, a little bit, but I did not uh, go with it. I'll go with Robinson. No, no reason to go for a plus money prop. We only give out one point. Get yourself some juice. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that's just for the listeners. If they're looking and are saying, hey, um, you know, it's it's 930 or 630 or whatever time zone you're in on Sunday morning. And I want a little juice on this game and you want to blame me for a bad pick, then go ahead and take over on Trevor Lawrence there. All right. So those are our props of the week long shot of the week. I mean, this is really the one that I think will determine, like the long shots will determine who wins this contest. I think it's such a, I mean, three points for these bad boys. Uh, they're tough to hit, but what do you have has to be plus 150 or better. Yeah, I haven't hit a long shot in the last two weeks and I find that upsetting. So I've decided to hit one this week. Um, <laughs> this Dolphins-Giants game is a fun one, yeah? To try to figure out how to, how to handicap into uh dolphins 11 and a half point favorites at the time of recording i would be shocked if that's not up to 12 12 and a half by the time we get to sunday uh this giants team has been very publicly bad on national television this dolphins team has been very obviously good at scoring points uh so i think the line's going to continue to jump and jump and jump and jump here's what i did i took the dolphins minus 10 and a half which is naturally minus 136 and then i took the under minus 51.5 which is naturally minus 194 and i parlayed those get to plus 159 now, this looks like an over spot because of how much the Dolphins are going to score. But firstly, I don't think the Giants are going to bring much points, many points to this contest, right? Uh, the Giants have been a completely feeble offense outside of the second half against the Arizona Cardinals. Secondly, I think there's an expectation like, oh, well, even if the Dolphins are in garbage time, they could just still, you know, they're going to drop points on guys like they did to the Broncos. They weren't trying to score points. It just accidentally happened which very well could continue again, but that's not something that you, you uh, put much stake into. It's not something that you believe on. Uh, this total at 47.5 is just too, too high, which sounds crazy to say about a game where the Dolphins are in it and like the Dolphins team total is set at 31 points, but the Giants aren't going to contribute that much and the, the, the Dolphins are going to let off of the gas more dramatically than they did against the Broncos. Just out of virtue of when you let off the gas, usually you stop scoring points and they had accidentally two explosive touchdowns uh, against Denver. So if I get that to 51 and a half, which 51 is a pretty key number, and then Dolphins minus 10 and a half, I can parlay those and get to plus 159. So I'm looking for the Dolphins to jump out to a 28 to nothing lead and then everybody to chill for the second <laughs> half. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, the Giants, three losses this year. They've scored zero, 12, and three points. So you got that going uh, in your favor. I think it's fair to not expect much from that offense. I will say this, that Dolphins defense... now. I don't really love all the defensive metrics at this point in the season. And it's like, you know, they've had some garbage time stuff, but I, I do think that defense is not at the level that uh, most people thought it was going to be 
coming into the season. Now, I don't know that the Giants are good enough for that to even matter. Like, they're are they going to really sustain drives uh, against anyone? They have not done that yet this year. They've been a complete dumpster fire. They've been outscored by more points than any other team in the NFL, as we mentioned uh, on the Monday show. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought now th- there is a scenario where what did you say? Fifty one and a half is that the under? Yep. Like, there's a there is a scenario where the Dolphins just you know take care of that by themselves. I'm but gonna be. At, I'm gonna be. Not likely. The game is gonna be forty <laughs> to ten, and the Giants are gonna get the ball back with two and a half minutes. Oh, and Daniel baby. Jones is still gonna be out, and I'm gonna be sweating bullets. I can't wait. That's true. We know that that he's going to be out there uh, regardless. So okay, I like that one. You're 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 a creative little fella, you know, with these parlays and unders. And that was like, where's he going? We I thought you were going to zag for a second when you go. Listen, everyone's watched the Giants stink on national TV. Uh, everyone's watched the Dolphins be good. I'm like, he's not doing something that's going to say like the Giants are going to be in this game. It's Giants are covering, baby. Let's, let's go. go. No chance. All right, all right. Uh, mine. You know what? I'm going to put this in the. Uh, in the one of the, the one of the stupidest bets that anyone has made on this podcast so far this season, category. I'm interested. I'm I, curious. I've got the Bengals with an alternate spread of minus six and a half at Arizona. That is oh wow, plus Bengals recovery one, plus one sixty eight. Listen, I know the bang, the Bengals have been a bad team. Obviously, we watched last week. The Titans killed them. This to me is a nice opponent. At the perfect time. The Cardinals have been frisky, yes, but I think their defense stinks. I mean, last week, 49ers went up and down the field against them. Again, I know the Bengals are not the 49ers, but through the first four weeks of the season, the Bengals are 30th in defensive DVO. I mean, the 40, the, what team am I talking about? The Cardinals. The Cardinals are 30th in defensive DVOA. Uh, I don't think that they can do to the Bengals what the Titans did to the Bengals last week. Now, this is some of the Shield telling himself a story part of the segment. Joe Burrow said on Wednesday, this is the best his cap has felt after a game. Maybe it's nothing. Listen. Joe Suspicion. Is- Suspicious. <laughs> doubt. Press X to doubt. <laughs> Joe Burrow is a resilient guy. Uh, he has a history of coming through. This is not an opponent that should fluster them or pre- pressure him consistently. I'm not telling you he's going to go off for 400 yards. I'm saying they got to win by a touchdown. And so uh, I feel like the Bengals offense is going to move the ball better in this game against that Cardinals defense. Now, I do have concerns on the other side of the ball. We mentioned it again uh, on the previous episode that that Cardinals offense is overachieving. Drew Petzing is doing uh, nice things every week to scheme stuff up with Joshua Dobbs, with that supporting cast. And so uh, I could see a scenario where the Cardinals actually go up and down the field against this uh, Bengals defense. That would not shock me. But this is just such a desperation spot for the Bengals. I can't get all the way there with the Cardinals. I'll give them feisty. I'll give them frisky. I'll give them have overachieved my expectation. But again, I'm not asking the Bengals to win by like 21. Bengals got to win by cover six and a half win by a touchdown, and it's plus 168. So there you go. I'm the only person uh, in America taking an alternate line for the Cincinnati. If there's any, but if there's anything I know, it's when Shield buys the dip, he's usually right. Shield's really good at saying we've, we've, yeah, we've over... Yeah, I don't know about that. I know you are. Um, <laughs> it's very funny because this look-ahead line, right? When we were playing ball in week three, looking ahead to week five, uh, I gotta start looking at those. Yeah, send me a send me like a text every you know like like Friday Shield. Look at reminder. Look at the look ahead lines. We we should we we I mean we could do it right now. We have six <laughs> lines are available. But whatever. The Cardinals were eight and a half point favorites. Uh, excuse me, eight and a half point dogs. Excuse me, eight and a half point dogs. Um, it was something that, that a, a gambling buddy of mine pointed out to me. I wasn't looking for it, and he was like, "Hey, this is an insane line. Like the Cardinals should not be this 
big of dogs. They've been legitimate, and the the, the Bengals have been fake. And then obviously, uh, Cowboys play the Niners, or Cardinals play the Niners, whatever. Uh, Bengals get deleted by the Titans, and all of a sudden, this line reopens at like five and a half, and then it gets to three. And so, getting Bengals minus six and a half is not a bad bet for the long shot because if you took that bet five days ago, it would have been minus one ten. And so, you're just again buying into a market that you think's overreacted. It's a good bet. All right, Bengals come through for me. Come on. I've been a big supporter of yours. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back. We'll get to our nonsense prediction, which is not part of the contest. And then we finish with our locks of the week. All right, we are back on extra point taken. Uh, so like, what was your, what was your zany prediction? Like it was something weird. Would it was, it like was the that there was going to be thing, something right? like cancelable or memeable or sexually explicit accidentally on the toy story <laughs> broadcast. And then at one point there was a penalty that moved the <laughs> offense backward and the slinky dog that measured the first and 10 started backing his cook us up to make it first and 20. <laughs> and I got sent the gift like eight times. Thank you to every listener who clipped the slinky dog backing that thing up and sending it to me. I appreciate it. All right, there you go. So, uh, what do you have for us this week? Uh, did you did you you follow this this uh, Patrick Queen Mike Tomlin thing that's going on? Patrick Queen quote. Yeah, no, you see this? No, I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so Patrick Queen, Ravens linebacker, uh, gave a quote uh, at at his press conference earlier today, talking about uh, something that Mike Tomlin told him when he was a rookie. Uh, Queen was talking about how meaningful the Steelers Ravens rivalry is. And he said, yeah, when I was a rookie, uh, I ended up on the sideline, like on the Steelers sideline, and Tomlin was looking at me and he started yelling at me saying, you're not a Raven, you're not a Raven, you're not supposed to be there, you're not one of them. Which is a bananas thing to say to a rookie. That's nuts, I don't even know what that means. But anyways, he said it according to Queen. And so Queen said that the Raven-Steelers rivalry defines his experience as a Raven, but it, it and it defines every experience, every player for Raven, but it matters to him a little bit more, right? It gets, it gets him jacked up I'm like bit. in shock right now. I yeah, don't even so know how they, to react so to this. He asked, they were like, was Tomlin joking? And Queen responded, I don't care if he was joking. I don't care if he was a serious. At the end of the day, I'm on your sideline. You're telling me I'm not a Raven. That's kind of disrespectful. Again, I don't know what that means, like at all. Like he was like, Ravens have this sort of culture and you don't? Like that's, well, that's, that's bananas trash talk from a head coach to a rookie. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's wild. You know what? It's weird because, yeah, no, 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 the Ravens do have the whole thing, like, play like a Raven. You know, that's, like, part of their thing. Like, mm-hmm. from Ozzie Newsome to now, like, we are looking for a certain type of player. And it's uh, most of the time, I think that stuff is nonsense. With the Raven, I'm, Ravens, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, no, this guy fits them. Oh, yeah, this guy fits them. Like, it actually seems legit, and they right. carry through with it when they pick players. But for Tomlin to say that... Tomlin's like kind of giving respect to what a Ravens player is while also disrespecting Queen, you know? So it's sort of, it's weird. He's like kind of complimenting the the franchise. And here's the real funny thing. Like with circle of trust real quick. (laughs) If you had asked me during Queen's rookie season, does that guy play like a Raven? He was, he didn't. I would have said no. I just wouldn't have told him to his face. (laughs) Now, by the way, Queen's great now. Roquan fixed Queen. It's the coolest thing ever, regardless. Obviously, on extra point taken, we don't root for fights. Fights are bad. Don't fight. Peace, not war. With that said, I know me. I know Shield. We've talked about this before. We enjoy a good scuffle. We do. We 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 enjoy yeah. a, a good. No one a gets good hurt. Bru- yeah, a good brouhaha, a good ruckus. I I, I don't want to see you know. Uh, don't find any seventh round rookies who don't have the money for it. 
But I like a couple unsportsmanlike conducts that turn into fines for like, you know, he yanked the guy's towel out of his waistband and smacked him across the head with it. Like, I'm into those shenanigans. So the bold prediction for Raven Steelers is we get one. We get a nice one bench clearing brawl where the other guys have come mm. jogging over, some pushing, some shoving, okay. an ejection or two, something nice and spicy. Again, safety, peace, not war. But I do like a scrub. I do like a nice, a nice uh, divisional ruckus, a little, little, little uh, romping. That's what I'm hoping for, Raven Steelers. No ejection. That would be my only thing. I don't, I don't know. Don't no ejection. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't want to let the, let the, but, but someone do something like weird. You know, like, no, it doesn't hurt the person, but it's, it's not quite dirty, but you're like, oh, come on, you're doing that. You know, like that. George I don't even Pickens know what the move once, is. When he yeah. was on the sidelines at Georgia, there's now the Steelers receiver. He had a Gatorade water bottle and a Georgia Tech player fell into the sideline and he just sprayed him with the Gatorade water bottle. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Something Which, like he got that. a lot of yeah, trouble for that, but it was objectively <laughs> funny. Still, yeah. George Pickens problem in there. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I I like that. Yeah, steal something from the yeah. I, that's yeah, a good yeah. one. I like that one. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I had no idea. That's so crazy. <laughs> when I saw the quote, I was like, I'm misunderstanding this, right? And no, I was understanding it. I just googled it because I'm like, did Solak get this completely wrong? This sounds so weird. You got it right. You know, not, to, weird, not that I'm like, you know, back checking. All right, uh, mine is similar vein, but not really. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to tell you that the Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett rivalry delivers us with a moment. Oh. So it's, we're not just going to go through that and everyone's going to say the right things and nothing's going to happen and no confrontation. No, something is going to happen. For those of you saying why, if you remember, Sean Payton ripped Hackett in a USA Today uh, article back in July calling Hackett's performance last season one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Eh, not exactly inaccurate, but Payton indicated, you know, oh, he'll apologize to Hackett or something. Hackett said this week, no, that never happened. He never heard from Sean Payton. So uh, you can tell the G Jets beat writers as good beat writers do are trying to get a little juice out of the locker room. Hey, what do you think about this? And guys are saying some stuff. It's not like inflammatory, but they're sort of like, yeah, we're, you know, we, we do want to win for Hackett and get some payback, but they're not saying anything that's like over the top. So we thought this game was going to be Maybe a, a feisty Broncos team against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It is not that. It is two one and three teams. It is Zach Wilson, to your point, Ben, going up against the worst defense in DVO his, DVOA history, according to Aaron Schatz, through four games. So they've got this database since 1981 that measures defensive performance, defensive efficiency through the first four games. And no team in that span has been worse than the 2023 Broncos. So I think we're going to get some kind of incident. Here are some examples. You tell me if any, if you like uh, any of these. Uh, Alan Lazard catches a touchdown and then moons Sean Payton. You know, oh, like, well. bring the Randy, yeah, bring like the Randy Moss thing, you know, back, except he's actually mooning him. He's asked my coach. I was with him in Green Bay. I'm with him with the Jets. You don't do that. All right. So that's one. Maybe uh, Robert Sala, a little, little pulls Payton in during the like, post-game handshake and he's smiling or he's, you know how the athletes and coaches are very good about kind of covering their mouths now so oh, you can't I, I, read there's lips. nothing i love more than watching it i think it's so <laughs> yeah. great they have the good frame especially <laughs> because if you think about that that's a weird way to talk to somebody try to do yeah. that I, I walk up to somebody and just start whispering directly into their neck it's such an interesting thing i've read right, you so, also but, watch that because i watch it all the time oh love that but somehow i don't know there's a mic there or something and he just says hey keep our name out of you out your bleepity bleep mouth. We don't curse on this. You know, this is a family-friendly family program. Friendly we don't curse. But, you, you know, you, 
Yeah, you can be creative and think about what he might say. And then the last one, maybe the Jets win and Nathaniel Hackett enters the locker room. And you know, like during the NCAA tournament, when a team pulls off the upset and the coach goes in the locker room and everyone sprays them with water bottles and they do this weird dance and everyone's going, hey, hey, hey. You know, and he's doing the dance, like that kind of thing. Nathaniel Hackett's doing that. I heard watching you try to do the dance. That was a tough look. Uh, I didn't go 100% into into it here. So something like that happens. That clip then ends up, you know, going viral. Nathaniel Hackett dancing in the middle of his his team in the locker room. All right, what do you think? Any of those? Do you like like any of those? Is there something else you've got on your mind? Here, here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting one of those 12:25. Or wait, this is a four o'clock game. I'm expecting like I'm watching Red Zone at like 3:30, and then uh, Scott brings me in. Scott's like, "We have something to show you." Not Red Zone in the bread. The Broncos Jets warming up. He always like great surprise on Ooh, Scott. He's always I like, "I've never those. seen it." But yeah, oh, I sh- yeah, so mad I didn't up. think of this. And that's where it's gonna be like. There's gonna be uh, like Lazard on the sideline, like talking to Sean Payton, mm. and like some Broncos like defensive lineman's gonna be like kind of half holding. Be like, dude, just like relax. They're warming up, whatever. He's, like pointing at him and yelling at him. And you know, Sean. Sean's gonna be like, "What? What? What are you saying to me?" <laughs> Sean's not gonna be diffusing the situation. Sean will be escalating the situation. <laughs> no. And then yes, like Nate no. Hackett goes to get his guys. There's gonna be some good performative pregame. We don't like you nonsense. That's mm. what I think we're gonna. Get. I love that. Yeah. So much better than mine. I love that. I'm stealing yours from mine. Okay, good. I love that. I love that too. When there's the, you know, they're breaking in. You're like, why are they breaking into this? The game hasn't even started yet. And you're like, this is going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) When Scott brings me to a four o'clock game at 320, I'm like, yo, what is up, Scott? What's happening? Something great has just occurred. It could be someone stomping on a logo. It could be a little hold me back situation. It could be anything. So, all right. I like that one. So there you go. That's my nonsense prediction. All right. Locks of the week. These are just picks against the spread. I've got my fan duel up here to make sure we've got the updated lines. What do you have, Benjamin? Yeah, uh, one of my biggest spread prediction, uh, sp- biggest spread predict positions so far this season uh, will be the Chiefs against the Vikings, uh, minus three and a half. I took this line when it mm. opened at five and a half. I did not think we would get movement down. We've gotten significant movement down. Uh, a lot of money coming in on the Vikings. I could not be more opposite this. Uh, the Vikings numbers right now defensively, which look quasi acceptable, are a lie. It's a, it's a product of, of, of the quarterbacks that they've gotten to face. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and then Bryce Young. Three of those four quarterbacks, Baker, Hurts, uh, 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 and Young, really, really, really susceptible to the blitz. Uh, when this team tried to blitz Justin Herbert, he had one of the greatest quarterbacking games in NFL history, right? Uh, completed 40 of 48 passes. It was a ludicrously successful game uh, at that volume. If you go and you look at Patrick Mahomes' career history, this is not a guy you can blitz. When you blitz him, he becomes Patrick Mahomes 2.0. He becomes Patrick Mahomes ascended. He is perennially one of the top three, if not the top quarterback against the blitz in the league. Flores cannot get away with playing the defense that he played against other quarterbacks that he played against the Chiefs here. Uh, and and he say, oh, well, they're going to blitz them and it has to be hot reads and, and he doesn't have have enough communication with his receivers. It's 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 not going to be an issue. It's never been an issue. Uh, the, the one thing that Mahomes, if, if there's something he beats even more dramatically than just like the regular NFL defense, it's a blitz heavy defense. Uh, I expect him to have a really, really, really good day through the air. I think the Chiefs are going to put a lot of points on the Vikings. You could argue that the Vikings are going to be able to keep pace offensively, right? Kirk Cousins and a, a lot of passing production. Steve Spagnuolo tends to be pretty good uh, handling other wide re- teams, top wide receiver ones. You never are going to hold Justin Jefferson to a totally quiet day, 
But he's uh, as good of a defensive coordinator in the league as you have in getting brackets on guys, getting two sets of eyes on guys, making somebody else beat you. And the Vikings have yet to prove they can do that. Uh, I don't trust this running game to pound out against the Chiefs. That's typically how you see teams kind of control the game short on the clock. I think the Chiefs are a terrible matchup for the Vikings. I think that we're, the Chiefs are in a buy low spot right now with the game they had against the Jets. I absolutely love Chiefs minus three and a half against the Vikings. Uh, this was a tough one for me. This is not one of my three. When I did my picks column, I looked at it and this was one of, sometimes I'll look at it and go, why is like, why is the line like this? This seems like too easy uh, for the Chiefs. I ended up taking the Vikings plus four on basically a coin flip. Cause I'm just like, what is the, what is the real case for the Viking? Like you're getting the chiefs at a pretty low number. I guess a team we don't think uh, is very good here. I think your reasoning is, is sound. I mean, the one thing that the Vikings like to do every week is the thing that Patrick Mahomes just makes every opponent pay for Like no one goes into a game plan against Mahomes and is like, we're going to blitz, you know, blitz him down in and down out and get to him that way. Like he, he has consistently year in and year out, regardless of receivers, regardless of uh, offensive coordinator, regardless of offensive line, he kills those teams consistently. So uh, I like your reasoning. I took the other side, but uh, I think what you said makes sense there. I, I don't feel comfortable on that one on either side. All right. My first one. I'm going back to London. We're going early morning, get the coffee out. You know, you're saying, all right, if I'm watching this, I might as well do something on it. Uh, we took the Jaguars last week, minus three against the Falcons. That hit. I'm taking the other side this week. Bills minus five and a half at Jacksonville. The one thing the Jaguars have going for them, I guess, is that they stayed in London. They played in London. They stayed in London. They're comfortable time zone, whatever. I don't know if that matters uh, or not. I think these teams are you know, relatively used to doing this at this point. Uh, that Jaguars game just left a bad taste in my mouth last week. I mean, yeah. they make everything feel so hard. It's like third and two, and it feels like third and 27 for them. There's all these play like it feels like they're restricting Trevor Lawrence's ability to showcase his natural talent with the way they play football. I'm like, he'll make a throw or a play, and you're like, yes more of that. And then all of a sudden it's like a horizontal, get the ball out oh, two yards on first and 10. Like, no, no, why are we doing that? It hasn't worked. Uh, they've looked pretty uneven to me offensively uh, so far this season. Like I said earlier, they're 25th in EPA per drive. Now I still, I like the Jaguars coming into the season. I think there's a chance at some point here in week eight or week nine, I'm coming on here saying, Hey, Jaguars have figured it out. They look good. Watch out for them in the playoffs. But until that happens, I'm not ready to roll with them. And then you look at like, like the bills. Uh, I generally don't like taking teams that come off as big of a win as they had last week. You know, usually uh, you're not going to get great value there, but uh, I mean, they've won their last three games by an average of 30 points. They look like a juggernaut that can win in 400 different ways, explosive passing game, efficient passing game, run game, defense, you name it. They're well coached. Uh, and so I usually like Doug Peterson in an underdog role. So I'm going against some of the stuff I typically like here. I just think that number's low enough. It's under a touchdown. Uh, I don't think this Jaguars defense is going to slow down the Bills. I think if I lose this game, it's because Jaguars figure some things out offensively. Bills turn the football over. Maybe a special teams thing in there. Again, those things are all possible. But I think on a down-to-down -down basis right now with the way they're playing, the Bills are a significantly better team. I extremely agree with everything. I am not going to bet into the first back-to-back -back international game in NFL history until I know what's going on, right? That's the thing for me, like... Coward. From, from, listen, from like, a, <laughs> from like a handicapping, betting, like what matters perspective, when one team has spent the entire week in the five-hour-ahead time zone and the other team hasn't, 
I usually want to be on the team that's been there for a week. For those who, who haven't followed the Jaguars travel plans as closely as Ben has, the Jaguars went to Atlanta, played in London, they stayed, and then the, the Bills just came over this past week. Uh, I'm at a spot where uh, I, I think the Bills are the better team. I think the Bills are, are the better team by five and a half points. I would be on the Bills if this game were being regularly played in a regular stadium. As it is, I'm very worried that we get a Bills dud performance, right? You have a, a Super Bowl game against a division opponent, huge emphatic win, and then all of a sudden you're you're off of body clock against a Jaguars team that shouldn't be that good, but oh shoot, we let them hang around and Trevor Lawrence is shredding on us in the fourth quarter. Like it's, it's a squirrely one for me. I don't like it. All right, there you go. What's your second game? Uh, Ravens minus four and a half against the Steelers. Now, I am aware. Maybe oh, we are on opposite sides of everything this okay. week. This is interesting. So Ravens minus four and a half against the Steelers. Here's the situation. These two teams, last six times they played, the Steelers have won five of the six games. I don't like that. Uh, the last, here are the scores of those most recent games. 16 to 13, 16 to 14, 16 to 13, 19 to 20, 14 to 16. I don't like any of this, all right? All of this is like Steelers win by less than three, right? None of this feels good. Uh, firstly, Kenny Pickett is expected to play. He was a full practice participant. Um, but as they've talked about this, this uh, bruise issue for Kenny, they've talked a lot about pain management. I'm not sure that we're actually going to see 100% of Kenny Pickett as he comes out in the field uh, next week. That's one thing for me. The second thing is the injury to Alex Highsmith. Highsmith has been one of the most effective rushers in the league so far this season on a snap-to-snap basis. He's expected to be out this week with a groin injury, uh, hasn't practiced at all this week, while the Ravens potentially maybe getting healthy. Rashad Bateman yeah. potentially coming back. Jalen Armour Davis coming. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis got banged up, but he should be able to play in this game. Left tackle Ronnie Stanley potentially playing. You've had limited practices from Marlon Humphrey. He might be able to get back. You've had uh, Marcus Williams, full practices off the pec injury. He might pay back for this game. We might actually see a couple of the players we thought the Ravens were going to employ this week. It's going to be crazy. Oh, so I think the Ravens are getting healthy. I think the Steelers are dealing with some injury. And then the Steelers defense. I, I, I'm, I'm suspicious of this group. I, the, the two top offenses that they faced, the Niners and then the Texans, uh, did a good job against this, this, this unit. Uh, the Ravens have not been a dominant offense, but they've looked quite good on paper and they've just been dealing with health problems. I think if you get a, a Rashad Bateman back on the field, you get a Ronnie Stanley back on the field, they should be able to move the ball pretty consistently against a unit that is very... Turnover oriented is very pressure oriented. They can create explosive plays, but on a snap to snap basis are surrendering some, some pretty significant yardage. I like the Ravens to be able to control this game. I like them at four and a half. Uh, that, that Ravens game last week, like when I watched, rewatched that against the Browns, that was not a like, Hey, they, you know, this is a Todd Munkin replaced Greg Roman. That was like a, okay, Lamar Jackson can like just make an, like he can just, yep. regardless of scheme and it's exactly what I wrote cast, about he, on, uh, on Wednesday. So I was like, the scheme's not yeah. there yet, but good news. No, the kid can play. that was all about him. Yeah. I mean, he just came up with plays out of nowhere uh, to lift them to victory there. Honestly, my, my hesitation here was the same thing with the chiefs. I'm like, the Ravens are, look like a much better team. The Steelers cannot score. They have an injured quarterback here. Uh, should this line be a little bit higher? Now, these two teams have a very strange history with like Harbaugh versus Tomlin with the underdog covering the spread like over and over and over again. Tomlin has been an underdog against Harbaugh 15 times and the Steelers are 11-2-2 against the spread in those 15 games. So to me, this was just uh, weird things happen when these two teams play. I absolutely trust the Ravens more and this could be one where the Ravens win the game, but uh, I picked the Steelers uh, in my column, but I, I will not pick the Steelers in this segment until 
I see any like yeah. signs of that being an offense that I want to be sitting here uh, on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night or a Monday night going, I'm glad I took the points with that team. Cause right now you watch them and that is like a painful experience to watch that offense. And to your point, the defense has not been dominant either. This is, this is so sad because I was really hoping to bait you into like an actual defense of the Steelers because no, I just wanted I, to come I mean, over the top yeah. and be like the side of the ball. I didn't talk about is a Mike McDonald defense against the Matt Canada offense. I feel incredible. Yeah incredible about taking the Ravens side based off of that alone, right? Like I talked a lot about the yeah. offense defensively. I think it's one of the most creative uh, and, and, and um, adjustment oriented game planners in the league defensively. And Mike McDonald, I guess one of the most predictable and, and, and yeah. milk toast designers. I think I would not be surprised if the Steelers end this game with six offensive points. Now they're probably going to score 14 yeah. points on defense and make me lose the bet, but I will yeah. feel good about the process because I think defensively the Ravens, they can, they can sit on the Steelers team for four quarters and do so very, very dominant. Yeah, every bit of analysis, I think, leans towards your side on the Ravens. I just basically, Tomlin, Vrabel, Harbaugh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in there. Basically, if they're an underdog, I'm just like, they'll do yeah. something weird. They'll yuck this game up. They'll get a uh, punt block and they'll keep it close. It doesn't always work, but I feel like if I do that consistently over the course of the season, I'll come out uh, on top there. All right. I, I think you may like, based on what you've said previously in this podcast, I think you might like my next side. I'm not sure if it's your third pick or not. I've got the Jets plus two at Denver. Deal. Is that your third one or no? I've got the Jets plus two at Denver. <laughs> Okay, there you go. I thought based on you when you when you, when I hear you say you're in on like Jets offense stuff, I'm like, all right, then he has to like the Jets in this yeah. game if, if he's saying he's in. On, I mean, the Jets are a more talented team. I don't know if Zach Wilson can build off of what he did uh, against the Chiefs from last week, but as we've said earlier in this podcast, the Broncos have the worst defense in the NFL. Now, the Broncos offense has actually moved the ball better than people probably would think when you just look at it statistically, but against this Jets defense, which I still believe in, uh, I don't think they're going to be putting up a lot of points. So the Jets are dogs in this game at Denver, a team that was so close to going uh, 0-4 and breaking that bear streak before the commanders broke the bear streak tonight. Um, I think the Jets still have a lot of good players. I don't trust Wilson. I don't trust the offense, but again, they're plus two here against a team that I think is bad. I'm going to go ahead and take them. Yeah, so we are we have overlapped twice in our spread picks. We are one for two in such selections. Uh, Ooh, we had the a big one then. Yeah, we had the Patriots on the road against the Jets on which we overlapped, uh, and that one we won. And then we were the same Broncos minus three and a half against the Commanders. These two teams? Yeah. Well, kind and, of, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that Broncos game, if you remember, they were up by several <laughs> points, and we were feeling yeah. great, and it, uh, it went down the gutter. This... By my power rankings, the Jets are a better team uh, defensively by like a mile. That much is obvious. And then offensively, they're actually decently close. Like Russell Wilson looks great right now by EPA per play, right? They're, they're getting explosives out of him. Uh, but this offense tends to be really herky-jerky in how they move the ball down the field. And Russ is really, really bad against pressure. And that's how the Jets beat you. Uh, I think that this yes. is a big uh, trench mismatch. And because of uh, running back injuries, the, the, I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to go ball control, uh, hand the ball off and 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 kind of inch their way down the field the way that they would like to. I wouldn't be surprised if you get some, you know, five play, 60 yard scoring drives out of the Broncos, but I, I don't think it's going to be a game where they can score the ball consistently. Accordingly, what, what you're betting on when you're betting on Jets plus two, here it comes, is Zach Wilson not to turn the football over, right? You're betting on Zach Wilson to not make the mistakes and give the Broncos the short field. 
I don't love that I'm betting on that, but if the quarterback, and this is what went back to with Wilson last year, if he just plays mistake-free football, the Jets should be able to outrun and out-defense the opponent. They should be able to control the game. So I like Jets plus two. When Wilson throws the third interception, I'm going to feel like an idiot. It's not going to feel good. Yeah, it's not going to feel good taking uh, Zach Wilson. Like at some point, you just want to take teams that you actually believe in. That was like my Bills pick. I'm like, all right, I think the Bills are really good. If they don't cover, it's okay. Uh, But at least I'm not, uh, you know, betting on a a quarterback who I think uh, stinks or anything like that. But all right, my last one. I am going with a Monday nighter. I think my first Monday nighter uh, of the year. I'm taking the Packers plus one. At the Raiders, uh, Packers last loss to the Lions in week four. I think the Lions are a very good team, maybe like a top eight team in the NFL. This Agreed. one to me just came, came down to coaching. I mean, Matt LaFleur has won 70% of his games as a head coach. Josh McDaniels has won like 37% of his games as a head coach. And I don't see any. And, and, and I really think the Packers are the more talented team. So I'm getting the more talented team. I'm getting the better coach team. Uh, and I'm getting plus one here. So Raiders are at home. I get that, uh, you know, Devontae Adams dealing with a shoulder injury. He didn't practice Thursday, but it sounds like he's going to play. We'll see what's up with Jimmy G. I think he was a limited practice participant on Thursday, but he's still in the concussion protocol. I can see a scenario where the Raiders move the football against this Packers defense and they win the game, you know, if it's a close game. But uh, I just, I really like Matt LaFleur to be able to scheme stuff up against this Raiders defense, which is one of the worst units in the NFL. So I've got Packers plus one as my final pick. The first prop I went to look for was Devontae Adams receiving yards. In the revenge game against this Packers defense, Devontae Jair, okay, in the revenge game. They would have had to set the line at 100 and a trillion for me not to bet at it, okay? I just... This is the, the game Devontae's been living for. If he's the thing, the problem is he's going to play. And if he plays at like 75%, it's not going to be the performance that I want. I'm going to be so disappointed. Um, but yeah, I, I wish we could have a Devontae Adams line. It'd be a lot of fun. I agree the Packers are the more talented team. Jordan Love is entering the territory for me where I'm like, do I trust you enough to bet uh, on you to, to kind of not hurt your team against a less talented team? I think the Raiders' defense is, is as toothless as it gets. And so you can feel good about him not making those mistakes. The Packers need to get Aaron Jones healthy. They need to get AJ Dillon activated. They need to get back to a little bit more of controlled uh, game scripts and controlled uh, 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 offense, which they didn't have a chance for against the Lions. The Raiders shouldn't jump out on them to an early lead, though. So I, I do like the bet. Um, I'm only interested in betting that game for Devontae Adams' lines, though. There you go. All right. Give us your recap. Run down yes. your, your picks here, and then I'll go with mine. Chiefs minus three and a half against the Vikings. Ravens minus four and a half uh, against the Steelers. And then Jets plus two against the Broncos. I like Matthew Stafford to go over 23 and a half completions. And I like the Dolphins to go under 51 and a half total points in the game and win by at least 10 and a half at plus 159. I love that one. I'm going to I'm gonna have to consult the spreadsheet before that Dolphins-Giants game to make sure I have it right to see if you hit there. All right, I've got Packers plus one at the Raiders. Jets plus two at Denver. Solak and I both have that one. And I've got Bills minus five and a half at Jacksonville. Bengals alternate spread for the long shot. Minus six and a half. Come on, Joe Burrow. Give me a touchdown win at Arizona. And then prop of the week, Bajan Robinson over 77 and a half rushing yards. That's minus 114 on Vandal. All right. When Luke 
updates the spreadsheet after he listens to the pod. We'll tweet that bad boy out so you can see it, have it accompany your games on Sunday if you want, or want to make fun of us for terrible picks, which you could have done with me in like the second quarter of that Steelers-Texans game last week when I was like, all right, I don't think uh, I'm going to get this one this week. So we'll, uh, we'll get that out to everyone. Okay. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thanks to Eduardo Ocampo for his video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven, Sunday night on Dual Threat on the feed. They'll recap all the Week 5 games, so be sure to check that out. And Solak and I will be back after Monday Night Football next week with our takes on the Week that was. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.